The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, June 1st, 2022, season 18, episode number 11. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and we've got an hour of Cowboys talk with you guys today. Today, we're going to actually zero in on three guys. Uh, I would say, I guess we probably would all agree, they're probably the three most high-profile players, definitely on the offense, maybe on the whole team. We're going to talk about Dak, we're going to talk about Zeke, and we're going to talk about C.D. Lamb. Uh, and kind of dive in a little bit on those three players and where they were last year going into this year and what the expectations should be uh, for them this year. Right now the Cowboys are in their second week of OTAs. They have another week next week, and then they'll have um, their mini camp before they send everybody away for a little bit of break and relaxation before training camp. That sounds good, but, I mean, training camp is now next month. I know. It's coming. It's coming. I just submitted our list the other day. You all are on it. Did we get rejected? Well, yeah, no, not yet. No one else? <laughs> not yet, but we'll see if anybody comes back and says anything about it. But you're all on the list, so get ready. Yeah. Start packing, Amber. Mm-hmm. You're heading to training camp. I'm packing for two or three vacations before that. Are you? Yes. You want to say where you're going? No. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't want to tell people out there, you're not going to tell us either. Like nope. Nobody's going to know. I'm just going to hang like a gone fishing sign at my cube starting on June 17th. We're, we're vacationing the same time. That's when I'm awesome. taking my vacation. Love it. I always like Love it when I take vacation. Other people are out, too. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. I didn't know there was three or four vacations. Mm-hmm. I got two. So you might want to plan a few, Nick. Yeah, right. Can't. <laughs> you got it right? Can't. If Dave's taking three. <laughs> Some of them are weekends, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It works. All right. Let's jump in. Uh, I want to talk about I want to start this conversation first with Dak. Uh, last week. Uh, He met with the media for a little bit of time, and uh, one of the things that jumped out to me, he was talking about being focused on his footwork and consistency. He said he's fully healthy, as it was not the case last year. And I want to start the conversation there um, just in in a general sense. If you look at how Dak performed last season, what do you think is the the area where you most want to see him improve going into 2022? Mm. Uh, Let's start... (laughs) Maybe you start off better. I mean, we had too many slow starts. In games. In games. Um, sometimes they were able to come back from that and, and, and rally and, and take care of business. Sometimes they weren't, and they find themselves digging a hole there. I mean, I, I think that whether that's Kellen Moore and him, uh, you know, whatever that is, but I think that, that he, he needs to figure out ways to kind of come out hot, be better early, and that would help Zeke be better, and then that'll help the running game and all that if you can kind of establish that. But I, that that would be one area that may not be a specific, but I just think starting off early on games is something they can improve on. I laughed because like I don't have a great answer for that in a vacuum. I don't think Dak Prescott needs to improve very much. He was in the short list of MVP consideration, like. 
I, I say this all like I feel like a crazy person the way that like that has just been swept to the side and I get it, it he fell off the whole team fell off but and that's why it's a hard thing to answer because I'm I'm like well I want I want the offensive line and the running game to produce better and that'll probably make Dak's life a whole lot easier um, like I've I've seen the peak of the way Dak Prescott can play and I think you're nitpicking if you're sitting there saying that there's just a ton of improvement he can do. I mean, sure, like uh his deep ball accuracy could be a little bit better, I suppose. His anticipation could be better. That's true for probably every quarterback in the world except maybe Patrick Mahomes. Um that's what makes last season so mystifying is uh, they just they had it and they lost it and I don't I don't think there's a tidy answer to that and it's certainly not all on deck. So I'll, I'll challenge you a little bit farther there. You said you thought the whole team fell off. You said he fell off a little bit in the second half. It, that being said, what what were those areas where you felt like he fell off? Like where did you think, or was it just a situation where you think the team fell off? That wasn't necessarily about Dak. Well, for starters. Um, I mean, you know, for starters, yeah, like, what was he completely healthy? He says he was. I don't know if I buy that. Uh, and that's just, you know, that's that's his thing. You know, like, I can't sit here and speculate based on how his calf and his shoulder felt if he says he was healthy. And he was very adamant throughout the second half of the season that he was. So that's how I'm going to choose to judge him. But I think that was part of it. Um, the other thing, too, again, like, uh, it sounds like a bad thing to say, like, oh, you need a good running game to be good. Like, no, that's just football, really. And I think they lost the ability to impose their will in the run game. And I think defenses played them in such a manner where um, they knew they didn't need to fear that and they challenged Dak. I think a big way Dak Prescott could probably improve his game is learning to be a little bit more patient. Um he yeah he 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 struggled with that at times he's like screw this like how much longer am i going to have to take the check down i want to go for the gusto and it bit him a lot last year um so yeah that's that's probably that's something he could probably stand to work on Amber. um well the one thing that i can think of is just like his whole game basically <laughs> his whole game because I think that he's going to be asked to do so much more this year. I don't think that the offense is better than what they were last year, talent-wise, on the field. There's a lot of question marks, a lot of doubts. There's a lot of things that we need to wait and see how it actually looks rather than me expect how it's going to look right now. Right now, I feel that, you know, whether that's tight end, wide receiver, the running game, the O-line specifically, there's a, little, a, a lot of work and improvement that needs to be overall. And I think that based on what I've seen from Dak in his whole career, he's the type of player, and you always say this, Dave, like, well, that's every quarterback, basically, that they do need help around them. And that is true, but at the same time, Dak, I don't know, I think he needs a little more help than normal than average just he needs a lot of components to be working the right way for him to succeed or be the most successful he can be in the game and although he's improved in the passing game some of those deep throws he's gonna have to put it all together the accuracy thinking quickly on his feet I would like to see more footwork this year last year I feel that he kind of took a step back obviously given the whole injury thing but I think that He's going to have to put it all in this year for sure because 
the team is just going to need it overall, and they're going to require more of him. Speak. Go ahead. I, I I wanted to to actually say Dave's point. I, I disagree a hundred percent with what Dave said. I think it needs to be less patient. I think he was too patient last year because I think that's what teams want him to do. They want him to say, "I'm going to throw it to the open guy." The open guy is Schultz, six yards down the field. He gets eight. Like that's what they want. He's got to. I think he's got to actually. I mean. That's why he doesn't have a lot of interceptions because I don't think he takes as many chances as he probably should. If you want to get Amari Cooper the ball or now you want to get C.D. Lamb the ball, I mean, they were trying to make sure that they didn't get the ball. Now, everyone says, well, Aaron Rodgers gets his guy the ball, Stafford gets his guy the ball because they got the arm to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to throw it in their tight window. That may not be as open as Dak wants it to be, so he'll throw it over here to Jarwin or Schultz or, or dump it off. These guys have 40, 50 catches, but it's hollow. Are we sure that that's not a function more of the offensive coordinator, though? Because if the offensive coordinator okay. is setting up and the I'm offense him, in a way— then. Yeah, I'm just saying, I, I want to point that out, because I think that there could be a situation where the offensive coordinator is setting it up such that the quarterback gets the ball to the open guy. And that means that the open yeah. guy, if he's six yards down the field, now the offensive coordinator is going to have to do a little bit more work and figure out how to scheme open the guy you want to be open rather than just saying yeah. whatever they give us is what we'll take. Exactly. And, and, and you're right. If that's Kellen, then that's on Kellen. But but I, I just think that that they kind of play into the defensive hands a little bit. They, they're like, all right, well, we'll give you Cedric Wilson. We'll give you these guys, and then we'll tackle them, and, and we'll get off the field. Yeah. And there's a balance there. I mean, you don't want you don't want this renegade guy throwing and getting picks all the time. So that's that's the thing of it. I mean, this is his seventh year. And I mean, even Romo said it back. Romo said he figured things out in 2013. He, that's when he really figured things out. It was like his sixth or seventh yeah. year. And literally right there toward the end, toward of, the very his end of his career. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And so quarterbacks are always figuring things out. Yeah. And maybe that's what Dak can do better at, you know, this year too. How much do you guys think his injury from 2020 was still an issue for him last year? Maybe not, maybe not even just in how he played, but also in what he, was, what he would try or what the team would even allow him to try coming off of that injury. He didn't seem like he ran as much. So I and, but they said that going in that he was going he was said he was going to be smarter about it. If maybe that's being smarter about it. I think I, I went yesterday and I looked at the numbers. It was roughly about about one less run per game on average. About. Now of course in 2020 you only had a sample size of five and a half games, right? Right. So or four and a half games. It would be four and a half games. So um, so it was it was a very small sample size that season, but on average it was about one less run per game. Yeah, I mean, in terms of raw numbers, I don't think it made much of a difference. He ran 48 times last year. The big thing for me is I'm, I've said this more times than I can count. I just think you gotta you gotta show a willingness to be creative with the way that you use a quarterback with that skill set, particularly in the red zone. My man rushed for 18 touchdowns his first three years in the league. He's got seven cents. Um, and 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 to be, I mean, he got he got effed a couple times last year. Like he yeah. he scored two or three touchdowns that they didn't give him. And now that's two of them were in one game. Right? I'm not even saying like, oh, this um, it's a controversial. No, he got screwed. Yeah, like they took two touchdowns away <laughs> yeah. from him. Patriots and Eagles, that I think. So different if he scores right there. Yeah, that game is completely different. I agree because you got Mac Jones the whole game now trying to like come back. He's gonna keep throwing picks. They were throw some picks like that. 
that was a really big momentum. Yeah. But they still overcame it. But I still think I think there's there's more that can be done there, and it's easy to say like read option, but bootlegs, um, you know, just just moving the pocket, allowing him to like extend the play toward the sideline, and which I'm, I was going to bring this up too. I believe his one rushing touchdown last year was against Atlanta, and he even like he grown man the guy at the goal line, yeah. and he was like, <laughs> I I kind of had to remind people that I'm big, like I can do that, and then meanwhile, like everybody's you know jerry and everybody else is like wringing their hands about it like don't do that anymore it's like no we're we're playing football <laughs> here playing football here at the end of the day like yeah i mean you don't have to scheme up 10 carries a game for this guy but that needs to be an element of what he does and it always has been i think a lot of that too was it was maybe 35 to 7 or 35 yeah to they three. did have a big lead they did have a big lead yeah. like maybe be a little more judicious but and then again at the same it's, time it's like ball. i mean you can't take the training wheels off these guys all the time and not only like that's the and i get like the older you get the more you have to be conscientious of it but like Dak prescott carried the ball a thousand times in the sec with little to no mishap you know i'm not i'm not going to reinvent the way i think about him as a player because of a freak injury yeah because it was a very fluke injury let's let's be honest it wasn't like you know, one of the things where he lowered his shoulder and took on a guy and yeah. broke his collarbone. It wasn't that. It was a situation where literally somebody just kind of he fell awkward. Somebody fell the wrong way and it breaks his his ankle. Like that's not something that you necessarily replicate on a on the next run, right? There's an element of being smart about it, and then there's an element of like scared money don't make money. This is the NFL, you know. I'm trying to remember, and I can't remember like what it looked like. In the first half of the season versus the second half, when they started kind of losing their power, Were, was there a difference between him like carrying the ball or something, or like the way he specifically was playing? Well, they stopped the run. The running That's... game went down. Well, and, and you know, it's even crazy. Oh, I'm sorry. That was it. That was that was a big part, and then that that affected everybody. But the, the running game numbers were really well, yeah. different. Yeah, and I don't expect. My quarterback to be running the ball when no. the actual running back, but they were a one-dimensional team. In yeah, yeah, second, yeah. Towards the end of the year, and that That's affected what I was that. But but I think affected part of everything. that, if you go back and look at the numbers, really, the big change is that teams looking at the Denver game and on teams blitzed a lot less than they were doing earlier in the season, and 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 if you even look at the second half of the season when teams did blitz. Typically, it was the division teams, and the Cowboys handled it really well, right? They handled. There was only one game where it was a game where they got blitzed, like it was one of the top five games. I want to say that they got blitzed where they lost, and that was the Arizona game. Like really, after Denver, teams just realized the same thing that Denver did. I think Denver blitzed like eight to ten times. Teams just started realizing: keep everybody back, blitz every once in a while. You're going to force this team to have to basically beat you with the – but they, they, we'll let you run. You're going to have to beat us with the pass. And and that's where the Cowboys just couldn't that's, figure it out. And to go back to – and I I mean, I do think he needs to be more patient because that – like this is, this is the long game. And you're seeing this all over the NFL. Mahomes struggled with it last year. Teams play Justin Herbert this way. Those two guys have cannons that can – I mean, Dak, Dak just doesn't have that arm strength. He just yeah. doesn't. I mean, very few people on earth mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Um, but you, you see these teams drop back and playing too high all the time and daring you to get impatient. And so you're trying to force things into windows against six- and seven-man coverage. And the Cowboys' great equalizer is that when things are going well, they can just maul you with the run. And if you don't get out of that look 
and contribute more guys to the box, then you're screwed. And they're going to run for 190 yards, and there's nothing you can do about it. And they lost that ability in the second half of the season. The line fell apart. Guys got hurt. Zeke fell apart. It is easy to forget. And I'm not trying to let him off the hook completely. He makes a ton of money and hasn't lived up to the contract. But, like, Zeke was rolling through the first six weeks of the season. Uh, when he did was, he get hurt? When did that injury happen? I think he hurt the PCL against Carolina, if I believe, okay. if I remember correctly. Week four or five. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they were averaging, like, 190 yards and per game. And he looked good. Like, just watching yeah. him, the eye and test, he looked really by good. By the way, that was, you know— that's a very small sample size, and one of those games was against Tampa when they gave up on the run in the second quarter. Yeah. So that's how dominant they were. And I get it. Some of those defenses were bad. Philly's defensive front is not bad. You know, Hargrave, Cox, Brandon Graham, those guys, like, they mauled those guys. Yeah, um, Jordan Davis. I mean, welcome to the party, pal. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, like I said, I think you run the risk of oversimplifying it, but. I think for them to be at their best, they need to be able to run the ball more consistently. than, And I think that it all builds off of that because it's easy to play too high when you're not worried about them at rushing for more than you know three and a half yards per carry. Yeah, back to the point of what you were saying, Amber, asking about what happened differently in the second half. This was interesting to me. I was looking at some numbers from last year. Did you guys know in the first six games of the season – Cowboys receivers had four drops across six games, average of about less than a, a drop a game. Second, I mean, in the, in the final 10 games of the season, they had 24 drops, an average of about 2.4 drops per game. Um, makes me start wondering if, in a lot of ways, we gave Dak a hard time, we gave the running game a hard time, and if more attention should have been paid to the fact that your receivers were failing you in situations where they were just dropping the ball. Are we sure that's not an average? That's not the way it is around the whole league. I don't know. I'm I mean, just saying. You look. It's, there's a stark difference between when they were rolling in the first part and when they yeah. took the downturn. There's in the also part. A, another difference in every football season from the start of the season to the end. And that's what the weather it looks like. And I just wonder if that is a normal thing. Did they have any poor weather games last year? I mean, just any. I mean. Kansas City, I mean, you know, I mean, New York, I mean, you're just playing in, in conditions that I, I know New York was a tough one. New York was, was tough to, to throw the ball around. I just think that might be a normal stat of like, you don't, you don't see that happen a lot. And then as the year goes on, it's harder to catch, you know. And, and who's also, what's a drop? You know what I mean? We, we found that out with, when T.O. was here. You know, it, it hit T.O.'s pinky behind him, and then that was a drop because people, you know, categorize that as a drop. I'm just saying I think that might be a normal thing of a little bit more drops later in the season than early. I don't know. Just as a general thought, I think, uh, I mean, for the hype that was placed on them, the receiver core did not live up to its billing even a little bit. Yeah. Which, and I'm sitting here saying, like, oh, it's kind of nitpicky to try to – Say Dak needs to improve in this, that, and the other way. And it's going to be harder for him, like that. I mean, AG, I think AG, you and I differ on quote unquote what what it means when you say a quarterback needs help. I think all of them need help, and I hear what you're saying. But like again, I bring up Mahomes all the time for good reasons because for most of his career, he's been surrounded by elite level talent, and I'm not even just talking about. Kelsey and, and Tyree Hill. I mean, their offensive lines have been wonderful for most Until of the Until they weren't, and we saw. Well, right. I mean, the Super Bowl is a great example, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, but even, you know, the year he won the MVP, he's got like Mitchell Schwartz at right tackle. I mean, they've had wonderful offensive lines for the vast majority of his career. Anyway, 
there's less talent here now than there was last year for Dak. And, I mean, I think that's inarguable. And and I think you have to just this is just reading between the lines, but is Dak okay with that? You know, I mean, think about. I mean, the Cowboys said here are five phone numbers to call these wide receivers. They've never done that, or not that we've ever heard. We value your opinion, and you call these guys and talk to them, and let's see. He said last week it's the first time anybody's ever asked them to do that. Okay, before the draft, but they're valuing his opinion. They yeah. want to know his opinion. Yeah, and so it seems if his yeah, opinion yeah. was. I gotta have 19 on this team. I'm not, and I'm not saying he's the reason that he kicked him off the team or anything like that. I'm just saying if they're valuing his opinion, and all of a sudden they letting this guy go, and it's a head scratcher, and everyone around the league's like, "Why do they do this? They didn't get anything for it." Then makes me think that maybe you know Dak is at least on board with it or okay with it, unless it's one of those things like we're doing this, deal with it, because you know how that goes with the Jones family. It's like. There are certain things like, what do you think? And there's other things of, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And that might have been it. But uh. Two, I think you're 100% right, but I think everything you just said would apply the same way if you took out 19 and said 88 five years ago. Like, like was Dak Prescott spurring the charge to get rid of Dez? No. But did Dak probably see which way that was going and, and was privy to that? I, absolutely. I also don't think Dak necessarily had the influence in the building at sure. that point that he should have. Uh, but, but I'm just saying, like, organizational change like that, like, typically doesn't just come out of nowhere. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and it sounds great in the spring, and then in the fall when you've got to create separation, it's another story. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so he may be in that huddle like, man, I should have spoken. We're just gonna I've, been here, I've been here too many <laughs> times. <laughs> I've been here too many times in May listening to like, well, this is what we think he can do, and this yeah. is why we're excited about it. And then you get out there against James Bradbury and Dante Jackson. I'm thinking about specifically, I don't even know if Bradbury was there, but the 2018 opener against Carolina. Yeah, They only lost that game 16-8, to but I just remember feeling hopeless. I was like, they can't They're do. They're never going to score. They are not going to move this ball downfield. They can't do anything. Like nobody's open. They got nothing. And Kawan Short is just eating Dak for lunch. Like, at, like, and okay. it was a rude awakening. And six weeks later, Amari was on the team. Yeah, that's all hey, I'm saying. Can't you just see being at the AT&T Stadium for a game, probably a noon game, and their second quarter they haven't scored, and then somebody's be like. Amar just scored a second touchdown. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, it's going to happen at some point this year. All right, we're going to take our final, I mean, our, our first break. When we come back, let's talk about C.D. Lamb. We'll get into these wide receivers and C.D. Lamb's role in that room and with his quarterback. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. The Cowboys way. 
where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. Back to the break. If you can't see very well, you need to book an appointment at your local Essler experts and find the perfect Essler lens for you. See more, do more, Essler. All right, we're back from the break here, and well, Derek is not. Welcome back to the break. Uh, <laughs> I do have a question while we wait to, for Derek. I, whenever you ask back. a question, I know we're going to spend like 25 minutes arguing, oh so I can't no, wait. No. Well, this one's tough because as we see it, sit here and we – discuss the offense and we discuss Dak Prescott and his level, playing level and all that. I keep thinking, I'm like, okay, where did it go wrong? Like, what happened last year? And I feel like at the beginning of the season, they were collectively good. Second half, they were collectively bad. So it's like, I'm I'm just, I'm trying, and that goes into like coaching as well. Like, Kellen Moore, what he was doing in the, in the game. So, like... It was real simple. What really happened? And and two, like, is there anything that's like, because you know, in years you could say, oh, you have Zeke running the ball. He was the one carrying the team. But like, I really don't see anybody last year in that second half where that was the good, the only good thing from the offense. I think the minute that they put the red stripe on that helmet, it changed everything. <laughs> and that was the Denver game. I hate that. I'm just kidding. Was it Denver no, I know or was it the red stripe? No, I know you're it kidding. Denver. But I know there are a bunch of people that are like, yeah, yeah. the stripe. Don't ever bring the stripe back. Right. I thought the stripe looked great. It, it did cool. look great. It was cool. And, I just don't and, think people want to see no, it because they, no. they saw what happened when they well, had Well, Denver, Denver really, you know, whether you want to say. There's a lot of colors involved there. Was it red because of the stripe? Was it orange because of what the stadium looked like and what those jerseys? Or was it blue, the blueprint that everyone talked about that mm. really – Changed everything. Are you know, writing articles here on the air? Is that like a can? One of your, I mean, one yeah. Of, <laughs> was that a and column idea the, that you had? End, just didn't. I really though. I always didn't have enough green. <laughs> I think you can point to damn near everything. Ag, that's it, it. Makes it frustrating to try to figure out. I mean, go go down the list. Start. I mean, offensive line. Tyron Smith gets hurt. Another thing. Uh, Lyle Collins. Nobody seem can seem to agree whether he needs to be in or out of the starting lineup. There's. One day we'll get to the bottom of that whole drama, like over some lemonades with somebody. But uh, and then I think about this too. Like even go back to when they were winning. New England comes to mind. They could not stop committing holding penalties yeah. in that game, and it was like it almost made you excited because you were like, "Oh my god!" Like they keep getting out of these first and twenties. Like they keep converting anyway. They're so damn good, and they stopped doing that in the second half. I think a big part of that is. Drops. <laughs> Guys There's getting hurt. Drop. Well, and then th- think about, you know, the second half of the season, like starting with Denver, what else happens? Amari gets COVID. CD gets a concussion in Kansas City. Um, 
I know there was something else. Yeah. Somebody else goes missing. Blake Jarwin winds up getting hurt to the point that it derails his career. Yeah. That's an understated injury. Zeke has a partially torn PCL. Dak, at the very least, if he wasn't hurt, he was in his head about avoiding injury. I'm, I'm just gonna say that for him. I just, he just didn't seem like he was playing, you know, with the same amount of and then, moxie as usual. No, so another thing that happened too is, you know, and when Gregory got hurt, Gregory, you know, hurt his calf, and I, I think for the last few, for those few games, I mean, D Law hadn't come back yet, mm-hmm. so they played. I mean. They probably should have beaten the Raiders by by 17 points. They didn't have a receiver. They didn't have a pass rush. Yeah. And, and and Kansas City too. I mean, the way that defense played, considering, you know, they they That's, had chances there and didn't score a touchdown up there. But didn't have any receivers. I'm reluctant to even bring up the um, the Chiefs game because, like, I mean, mo- most of these losses down the second half of the season were games that they lost because the offense couldn't do anything. Like the defense more. 19 points from the Chiefs at Arrowhead yeah, all should be day. Yeah. I think they forced two. They did force two takeaways in that game. They sacked Mahomes two or three times. Mm-hmm. Defense played really well. Really, the Raiders game is the only loss that you can squarely peg on the defense. I suppose Tampa Bay, too. I'm very forgiving about that Tampa Bay game, though. Just I mean, opening night against that team, like what? I mean, what are they you did everything to do? They, they that you would have expected them to some. Be able to do in that sometimes game. you just tip your cap and say somebody loses. Yeah. Like I don't even. I'm not sitting here like ah, if they could only done this. It's like no, yeah. but that's she, one of those you knew. Like when the field goal went through and it was like a minute thirty, and you're like, mm. yeah, mm. <laughs> I think yeah. <laughs> I was like, happen. I was yeah. packing my bag to go down and. Derek, you know Derek loves to play that. He's like, "What do we think, Davey? What's gonna happen next?" And I was like, "They're gonna give up the field goal and lose, Tom, Derek." Like, I hate to be a bummer, but I just wanted you to play along. It's Tom Brady. I just Tom thought maybe Brady. you'd give me something interesting, but no, it was the same thing that we all knew was gonna happen. All right, let's talk about. Uh, and I don't know where you were going with before I was. She's still I trying to out. figure out what happened. Sorry, I'm I'm so sorry. Well, now we're trying to figure out what's gonna happen with the wide receiver group. Yeah, well, because, I want to uh, talk about CD. That's another interesting part. Well, the, we heard this quote that came. Uh, last week, Clarence Hill, the Fort Worth Star Telegram, talked to Jerry, and uh, Jerry basically told him that he thinks that uh, CD, uh, or at least I'm going to say the paraphrase of what Clarence wrote, uh, was that CD will be an upgrade over Amari. Um, and and the quoted part was this was relative to his production uh, in the huddle and off the field. Now you guys are Jerry Whisperers; you kind of know mm-hmm. how Jerry talks. Tell me, what do you think he was getting at? Because he specified those three things. What do you think he could have been getting at? First, from a standpoint of production. Second, from the standpoint of in the huddle. And third, from a standpoint of off the field. I don't think we can... Go ahead, Dave. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, think we've, I think we've done all we can do to lay this out. Like, I'm, I'm trying to try to lead a horse to water, right? Like, there was dissatisfaction with Amari Cooper that had nothing to do with his like abilities as a football player. Like, haven't we made that yes. pretty clear over the last four months? Like, in whether that's in terms of like the buy-in. Like, I mean, again, like I don't have to extrapolate anything. Jerry let you know on the radio how aggra- aggravated he was about not being vaccinated. Yeah. He, I mean, he called him out like a damn mm. thunderbolt. Like that's one of those things where you're listening to it and you're like. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. He said, I not me, or are we not me? Whatever he said. It's like, damn, he just took a shot at his star receiver right here on the radio. Um, and then and then you hear other things. We've talked about it on here. Like 
pulling yourself out of the Jets game on the third play or not being on the field on the crucial fourth down at the end of the de facto division title game in 2019. Like, that stuff, it's fun talk radio fodder. It makes an impression in the front office as well. And, like, those are things that I've heard directly from people. That's not me guessing. Um, So, yeah. And I'm fine. I mean, and also we were factoring in off season. Jerry, I mean, he's he's always optimistic. He's going to be optimistic yeah. on this. And I'm I'm fine. It maybe CD Lamb as the number one receiver can be better than Amari Cooper as the number one. That's very possible. What I don't think is going to happen is who's going to be better than CD as the number two. The question has never been about Amari versus CD. Yeah. It's always. Cool. You got a pretty good number one. What all? What's going on with the rest of this? Pippen. Pippen did a nice job of replacing Jordan that year in '94, but no one. There was not another Pippen. Mm-hmm. That, that was the problem. And I'm, you know, I mean, I'm just saying that he did the best he could to t- kind of be the guy. He wasn't Jordan, but yeah, no, he, he, he wasn't. He and, but I'm, I'm just saying, CD could be better than than Amar. But the problem is, is they had two of them. You know, and now Jerry also threw that quote in there about Amari should when he he should take half the field with him when he goes as a number one receiver. Yeah, there's another like shot yeah. across the bow. Like I think that was no, that was when Amari was still on the yeah. team. Yeah, that yeah. was like after, after the playoff the, after loss, the playoff game. Which there's some everything that we we say about like Dak does this or Amari does this, it all, or first half starts. It all kind of comes back to Kellen Moore. Like Kellen Moore's got to be got to be better too. He's got to be. And, I mean, they all do. You know, you just said it. I mean, a lot of the defensive, you know, issues weren't really there as much. Some of it they were, but, I mean, the offense was was the underlining problem here. It does. It irks irks me the way that this gets framed into, like, a CD versus Amari thing when it's really more about, okay, you got a pretty damn good number two. We'll see when he's available. And also – Again, this isn't Madden where the prerequisite eight months go by and you're 100 percent like to play. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, well, I mean, he might even be ready to play. He might not be the same Michael Gallup right, right. away. Guys say that all the time. Mm-hmm. So how good can he be and how quickly? Then you got a rookie, a third round rookie, not CD Lamb, a guy you took in the third round. Like we all hope for the best for that, but it's no guarantee. It's it's always been about what the rest of the depth chart looks like. I got no worries about CD Lamb. It's everybody else. Yeah. yeah, I think that finding a solid group is pretty hard. Like, I'm still traumatized from the time of when they were playing, like, what did they call it? By committee? Or a receiver. A yeah, receiver. Yeah. That, that you, it, and they it was, adjourned that committee <laughs> yeah. in week seven and traded for somebody else. Yeah. As we were was, coming back from visiting Washington, D.C. Yep. and the monuments and everything. Yeah. It was a big mess. But once they got to what they had last year and you saw the way that Dag was just it could be anybody Cedric Wilson even Noah Brown at times it it was just clicking it was working um until it wasn't but that's the thing like right now and I know it's just OTAs first week was last week but to see two of your guys hurt not being able to practice I mean, crap. I'm I'm already, you know, fast forwarding to the season. I'm like, okay, what the heck does this look like when it was already a concern overall and then you get two guys that are injured. And again, these aren't major injuries or anything, but it's still something to keep an eye on and every practice for new guys, especially uh rookies and even new guys as veterans coming in here. I mean, 
all of this time is very, very valuable. Exactly right. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, yeah, it may not be major injuries, but this is the time where they need to build that chemistry, and especially you know with the receivers and quarterbacks. So, yeah, I mean, those that that's why somebody's going to step into this, and it was Cedric Wilson last year, you know, and and it could be, you know, Semi Fajoko. I mean, like we all we can always laugh and chuckle and like ah, he, he's not going to do he didn't even catch a pass last year same with Cedric Wilson right, yeah. he didn't do anything to make us think he's going to be a 7 million dollar receiver going in free agency okay and i don't want to put words in your mouth i know what you mean and somebody will step up and take i mean somebody has to catch the ball like somebody'll take those receptions but Cedric Wilson's road to being a 7 million dollar player was very long i mean, just yeah to give you an idea like when you think about how long it takes to get to that point missed his rookie year with a shoulder injury came back in 2019 and was mainly like a return man who maybe got onto the field every now and then 2020 really had one great game which was seattle when was somebody hurt i don't remember why he got onto the field so much or maybe but i think he finished with 400 yards that year and like 150 of them came against seattle Mm -hmm. year four after he's worked that hard and been around for that long, he is ready to still be the number three. I mean, still, like just still, to yeah. give you, you yeah. don't Phil just took an injury from that's Gallup. A good point. Gallup, yeah. it wasn't. If it was not for an injury by Gallup, then he's not. So, so you're right. It sounds fun to say, like, well, yeah, like this sixth round pick will step up and and plug right in, and hopefully somebody can. But that is a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Like that's why guys like Cedric Wilson are are my favorite players because that dude worked his ass off to carve out. Even at the end of the day, not a small role, but a specific role. You know what I mean? Uh, so my point to easier that, said than done. Yeah, my point to that, and this was a mailbag question, maybe even this morning. They kind of run together, but like which, which, which undrafted player do you see starting? And you're like, if you could see it, based off of right now, they would have it would have been something they did in college. And if you could see it, then they would have been drafted. Been drafted yeah. I, I never thought Tony Romo was going to be the franchise quarterback. He did. He did. He did. <laughs> he told us as much. And the, you know, it might have been because he struggled in our fa- in flag football playoff game. <laughs> and I'm like, this guy's not going to make for it. Ev- for every guy that Chris, Chris, Chris was there. Right? Wow, we had that. We should have won that game. For every guy that gets to the mountaintop and says, like, I always knew, there's another, there's yeah. a dozen guys every year who carry themselves that way and are gone by October. True. So, true. But yeah. So I never saw the Cedric Wilson. I never, I never thought that was going to happen. You never, you know, never saw Terrence Steele taken over as a starting tackle. Um, so it's hard to see any of those guys. So maybe it is a Fahoko, maybe it is a TJ Vasher, maybe it is Don Terrio Drummond, who's an undrafted guy, might be on our website right now. Yeah, frankly, I think all of this, all of what we will think of this wide receiver group, when it comes down to it at the end of the year, <clears throat> in my opinion, will be about the offensive coordinator. If they continue the same way they've played, which is we're going to just run it out there. We're going to try to find the open guy. We're going to have our quarterback get the ball to the open guy. I think they're going to be unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. I think if the offensive coordinator schemes up opportunities and it finds as many unique ways to utilize their best asset when it's when you're talking about their receiving core, which is C.D. Lamb, I think they can be successful because there are a lot of teams. You look at San Francisco and Debo, there are other good receivers on that team, but make no mistake about it. That whole thing started and ended with Debo Samuel doing what he does. And I think there are several teams around the league like that. When you have that kind of talent and the difference between that guy and the next guy, 
is as big as I think it is, especially while Michael Gallup is out, mm. then I think you better find ways to get the ball in his hands I, and let him make plays. I think you take you take San Francisco off the table because they don't have a player. Nobody has a player like Debo. And I think you take Green Bay off the table with, with Devontae Adams because nobody has a – I don't think people have quarterbacks like Rodgers. Even Mahomes is not like him as far as just getting it done with one guy. I, I look at Arizona. Did, did, did Hopkins get the ball a lot? Did did they figure out because you know Kyler Murray and Dak are very two years comparable. ago that he did yeah okay that's that's comparable to me a guy you know um, they were figuring out ways to get Michael Thomas the ball I was gonna say can you say the Saints are the same way when Michael Thomas yeah. was healthy yeah they were very dominant so, to to him right so yeah I think it's possible I mean I, I don't I don't like that comparison necessarily with Rodgers people say that all the time it's like nobody's Rodgers you know and I don't think anyone right now is really Debo yeah. but but there are other options I mean other um, comparisons there. I just, I'm really. Jamar Chase is another one. They get him the ball. They, but they got good receivers there too. They but get him the point. ball, like but he's that way is, better than everybody else, though, right? It's a loaded skill group, though. But he's he's much better than the rest. Of that I, group. I mean, they get him the ball, so I don't think we're really arguing. But like, yeah. it helps. Higgins and your number two is a top forty pick. Your number three is one of the better slots in the league. And oh, don't forget the top five or six running back that's in the backfield commanding that attention as well. So. I think you need a little bit of everything. And that's what I was about to say is that's all well and good. Kellen Moore can definitely improve. CeeDee Lamb needs to be a focal point. I'm going to be rooting like hell for Michael Gallup to crush this rehab because yeah. that is the quickest solve of all is if he's running routes in August and you're like, damn, like he's way ahead of schedule. And we don't know the answer to that right now. No, and I'm not trying to put undue pressure on the guy, but, man, that would go a long way toward making me feel better about things. All right, we're going to take our final break, come back. I did have one more question on CD. I want to ask you guys, where do you think is his biggest area for improvement going into this year? And then we'll talk a little bit about Zeke in his final segment. We'll be back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. <laughs> well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. At AT AT&T... Everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone. Even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. 
and a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back to the break. Next Tuesday night, June 7th at Riders Field in Frisco. The ninth annual Reliant Home Run Derby is back at 6.30 p.m. Come see your favorite Cowboys swing for the fences to raise money for the Salvation Army. Free admission to all. See you there. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break. This segment brought to you by Blockchain.com. And uh, we were talking about C.D. Lamb. We're going to continue talking about C.D. Lamb. My question for you guys is, where do you think is his greatest area for improvement? Where can he this year really, really take a step in getting better as a receiver over what he's been to this point in his career? I think it's probably lazy to say, but everything? Be the man. I think he's got to, you know, be the dude. Like, that's that's what he hasn't had to do that before. <laughs> Coach, what do I need to improve on? Be the dude. Uh, be the man. <laughs> just be the man. Yep. Okay. I hope the coach got a better answer. <laughs> I just, just start playing like Alo Black. I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the man. That's it. That's it. Just, I'm the just, man. Just be the man. I just have snapshot memories of CD's goofs, for lack of a better word. I mean, week one. Dak's pick mm-hmm. in week one was on him. That's a drop. Yeah. Uh, I have a vivid memory. I think it was fourth down. Right outside the red zone at the beginning of the Saints game, they schemed him open, and, and maybe some of it was on Dak. But he and Dak miscommunicated, mm. and the wow. ball—I mean, he might score if the ball—if if they had been on the same page about what was happening. Um, just stuff like that, where it's like, you know, I th- your your hands are are not as consistent as they could be. Your route running is probably not as consistent as it could be, and that's—it's not to say he's like a bad player. He made the Pro Bowl, but. Yeah. If you're going to be the number one receiver, you need to get better at all that stuff. And they, like what we were just saying in the second segment, you got to feature the guy too. Like, especially now, like if you've got CD and Amari, fine. But you, this guy is clearly a step above the rest of your receiving options. You can't like go into a game like, well, we'll we'll get him the ball when opportunity presents itself like mm-hmm. you need a little more of a game plan on how yeah. to make sure this guy is making an impact he's going to probably face a lot of the you know really good corners and i think you know obviously quickness feet is good but but probably the really good corners are the ones that know how to get their hands on you and and and, and stop you at the line so just looking at, at at cd i mean no one's no one's ever saying he should be playing tight end you know convert him to tight end he's obviously light in the ass and he's he's lean that's what he is he needs to make sure he gets off the ball he's going to face the best corners they're going to get their hands on him they're going to be physical he's got to be physical back so so we're finding a lot of things here on that note like what did you guys think of that little i don't even know how i call it an experiment but they tried a few times last year to line him up in the backfield give him the ball doing the Debo-esque type things. Okay. I always thought it was a mismatch. Uh, I, well, not mismatch. I thought it was putting him in a situation where he's a little out of place. Mm-hmm. You guys agree with that, or you think it, you want to see more of it? I want to be clear. I don't want him carrying the ball to the degree that Debo did. No. But, like, see, but what you remember, and I know – what you remember is when he did it against Washington and got his ass lit up. <laughs> yes, I do. But what you've probably and, yeah. forgotten is when he did it against San Francisco in 2020 and scored from 18 yards out. Like you're right, you're right. I didn't think about he's that. He's got good vision. He's remember. fast. Like I'm down with it as long as you're judicious about when you do it. Yeah. And getting tackled is part of football. It's the same thing as Dak. Like 
I'm fine with him doing it. I think he's got the potential to make big plays that way. Just you know, but there's no need for him to top out at more than like 15 to 20 carries a season. season. Yeah, but you know, there's a reason why the running backs aren't six two and six three, and if they are, they look like Derrick Henry. Which you know, good luck with that. But I mean, that's a lot of target to hit. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened on the play. He does kind of run high and all that. Now, he had a run against the Chargers, I believe, around kind of close to the red zone goal line where it was like a draw. And, he, you know, it just kind of – that was when that, that hat, first half, Kellen was just hitting them with everything. Mm-hmm. And he had a draw there. and It was about 15 yards first down and right behind Terrence Steele. It was just like, what, what is going on here? This is great, you know. But um, – so – in spurts, but then again, he was now is the number one guy. It's the same as punt return. Do we expect him to be the punt returner? I mean, he's got different duties now as the number one receiver. And that's what they need, you know. And I just don't think he's special at running it and special as a punt return. So if you're not going to be special, then I, I think you stick to being special number one receiver and we find someone else to do that stuff. All right, let's talk about the running back position. I want to talk about Zeke Elliott. Oh. It wasn't San Francisco. It was Philly that uh, he did that okay. against. Sorry. Okay. He had the onside, onside kick, kick recovery against I can't Philly. remember either one of them. Though. I just remember the run. Like I, I don't remember who they were playing. I just remember the run, and I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah. It's kind of kind of good. I like that. Give me some more of that. All right, let's talk about Zeke Elliott. At his best, assuming he's healthy, what do you think is the best-case scenario for him this season and what the Cowboys should be expecting from him this season? At his best? At his best. 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. Pretty good. Man. Yeah. Now, what did he have last year? He had 1,000 thousand. yards, 8 touchdowns, something like that? I, I mean, it was 1,000 yards. I'm not sure. It was like 1,003. I mean, it was like. I, oh, yeah. He was, just got, he like fell over the line. Yeah. Uh, 1,002 and 10. And 10, okay. But again, I'll bet you four of those came in the first like four weeks of the season. Yeah. Oh, 12 and 12 then. That's best case thing. 12. I mean, his average his average yards per attempt were were four point two. Not yeah. great. Yeah. Not worse, obviously, but you probably expect a it's little going more down from every him. Year, yeah, you it? you expect that a little bit more from him based on his history. Well, I see a lot of people saying, you know, how he's running out of juice and all that, but I still have faith in him. Like I'm still, I still think he can give you what you need. You know, in order for you to have a successful, balanced offense where the running game is working and where the passing game is working he's the guy that it's just the o-line was not helping him at all last year and that's a big problem they need to fix the o-line and i truly believe that if the o-line is improved from what it was last year and can manage and handle their own game zeke will be able to get the job done the job that you need to get done i don't think he his game is far from being completely over, and I know that, like, quote unquote, like the life expectancy of a running back is pretty short. But I still think that he can give you a pretty good season this year. Do you buy into the PFF stuff? You know, the, the you know their grades and all that kind of stuff. I mean, sometimes, sometimes. I mean, they they had him as the number one blocking running back in the NFL. Uh, last I don't year. doubt that. Yeah, I, I mean, mean we've seen we've not, seen not just I'm not just saying you know he's pretty good at it. I mean he's he's the best at yeah. it. Which which you have to factor that in when you're like, why is Tony Pollard not on the field? And I think it's a simple approach to just say if you want to if you want to pass block, put Zeke in, and if you want to run <laughs> to the outside, put Tony in. It doesn't work like that. Hmm. Those plays change like that. So um, there's a reason why. There's a reason why Derek. 
Is there a reason why Zeke's on the field all the time? Yeah, there is because he's a pretty good blocker. Which and like people, people want to write that off so bad. They're like, I don't care. Like we need the more explosive player. And I get look. I want Tony Pollard to touch the ball more. I think it's insane that he doesn't. But uh, I mean, I wish we could go back and chart. Maybe I should. That would be a time-consuming yeah. project. But like, how many throws has Dak gotten off because? Of what Zeke does in that department. You ever heard of Chris First Gronkowski? episode of training camp, Dave. Got it. <laughs> we're gonna, we're you gonna got turn it. it over to you, and you're gonna tell us. He's, I mean, he's great. At, and I mean, the fun thing, like we know exactly what Zeke's output looks like if everything's clicking the way it's supposed to. We've seen yeah. it. We've seen it plenty of times. Yeah, well, twelve hundred yards and ten touchdowns. But he's 27. He will be 27 by the time we get to Oxnard. That's so funny that that he's carried. That that's the, old. I mean, you know, he's yeah. been playing for, since he was for a running back. I know, but yeah. it is, it is, and yeah. he's he's been he's almost taking on a lot he's, of carries. He'll, he'll hit two thousand career touches this season if he stays healthy. It's a lot. It's a lot of miles. So a lot you know, of hits. You, you mentioning the blocking game and how he blocks and all that. Like, I think that that is an, a, a like a part of his game that people tend to forget. And I have so many plays like that I vividly can remember where he just goes in and he's not afraid to block whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He goes in and sometimes he gets he just bounces back, mm-hmm. but he gives it his all and it's enough and it's like he really helps in that way even though it doesn't show in stats. Twice a game last season it was like, oh, yeah, that was really cool, but make sure you go back and look at the fact that it only happened because Zeke mm-hmm. laid out in front of that guy. He blocked one of the most amazing plays he's ever made was when he took out two 49ers at yes. once. I don't know if he did it on purpose, but he did it. Yeah, He <laughs> got one guy with his upper body and like tripped the well, other guy. I don't like, remember what happened with the pass, but it, Dak would have been mauled if he hadn't done it. Here's something that just off topic a little bit, but about in baseball – you know, they do a pitch count, and they like, everyone keeps up. Okay, this is his 83rd pitch. Well, he's thrown over to first seven times. Yeah. He's he's opens up every inning with, with a couple of fastballs. So you could say he's pitched 83 times, but, you know, it's the same with the running backs. I mean, he's, he's got this many touches. You're not counting the seven collisions he had with their middle linebacker, you know. So that, that goes, too. Like you said, Amber, she, he is, like, he's not – I mean, afraid of anything. Yeah. I mean, he has always played with that fearless, you know, mentality. So the fact that this is his seventh year and we're, we're still thinking he can be a, you know, thousand yard, twelve hundred yard runner. I mean, I think I think it's it's been pretty good. I mean, he's had he's had a good career, and but his contract is calls for him to be a great player right now. And I don't know if he can be great, but twelve and twelve would be. A, Pretty great for a running back. It would be, but it, it comes with a lot of concern. I mean, it so you're counting on the durability of a guy entering his seventh season, who's been a work workhorse all seven seasons. Even the year he got suspended, he had 250 carries. Um, hmm. And yeah. how confident are we that the offensive line will be quote unquote fixed? It's so, t- what do you think is the bigger issue? Do you think it's that there's been somewhat of a decline, maybe in certain skills for for Zeke, or do you think the bigger issue is the offensive line. If he gets holes, he can be up there with the very best running backs in the league. I thought he looked as good as he had since his rookie year through the first five weeks of last season. And it's not to say better than he was as a rookie, but as good. Yeah. Like he had, he looked more explosive. He looked more decisive. Um, 
I mean, I, 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 I and I know. Sorry, Nick. I know no. you can't do this, but like, if you if you calculate his first six week numbers for the whole season, you're talking about thirteen to fifteen hundred yards. Like that's yeah. how he was playing. Yeah. So I. Put it more on the offensive line. Me too. Because also when you look at look at 2015, that was the year before he got there. That offensive line was pretty good. I mean, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, they were really good offensive line. You're talking about Darren McFadden at the end of his career, Alf, Alfred Morris at the end of his career. Still, if the blocking is there, we saw those guys have some good games. I mean, 1,100 yards rushing for Darren McFadden at the very end of his career. So when that line is there... Those guys can can still block. I mean, I think that's the bigger issue is that they that's took a bigger drop than their than Zeke did. That's how I see it too. Where he's no longer the player that can like how he was at first, where he could create holes. If there wasn't one, he could just bust through there and make it happen. Mm-hmm. He's no longer that type of player. The way I see it, he's the type of player that does need the help from his teammates and the O line. So that's the biggest difference in my eyes, at least that. He went from being the guy that could make it all happen all on its own and get even extra yards having like five men on top of him to being the guy that, okay, now I do need I, a little help. Like, help me out. We're a team uh, here. I was going to disagree with you a little bit, but then I never thought of week one against the Bucks. Does rookie Zeke truck that guy at the goal line mm-hmm. when, when Jarwin misses his block mm-hmm. and it's just him and some journeyman corner or that you've never heard of like Zeke trucks him and he yeah. didn't and I and I that's that's just one example but I, I you're right he he does he doesn't finish the runs like he was like he did before but he's you know you still need the holes but you're right he, he needs a little bit of help there they all this is the theme yeah, of everything I mean, yeah Which, help, help the guys yeah <laughs> like basically their team has to be better is I guess what I'm hearing from all these three guys we're talking about they need everybody around them to also be they need better. they need some Jaron curses. That's what they need. They need three of those. These I didn't think Oof. he was going to be that good. They do. They no, need no, no, and they need curse to be <laughs> That's I'm not I think you're right. What's scary is like the track record of those guys not being Jaron Curse is way longer yeah. than the track so, record of like, mm-hmm. holy crap, the best player on our defense is a guy we signed for pennies. Like that just the, the hasn't guys, happened a whole the lot. guys that have to do it are Tyler Biotish has to take that leap that, that Terrence Steele did. James Washington has to be the guy that you know that he was. Maybe that's his second year in his career, and he's going to get opportunities. And then maybe somebody on defense, you know, just another guy like that. And maybe it's maybe Layton comes back and has a really good year, or maybe one of those eleven pass rushers. A lot of maybes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, they, the list of the <laughs> list of people that we need to show us more than what we've seen to this point yeah. is awfully alarming, in my opinion. Honestly, I, I think it comes down to the offensive. Like you, you mentioned, Biotish, but I think just as much, Tyler. like what we're talking about is what's Tyler Smith going to do? Can he be better than Connor Williams? If he can be, especially in the running game, if he can be better than Connor Williams <laughs> yeah. in the running game, your running game should be back on track. Except. You need Tyron Smith to stay healthy. Oh, God. That to me is the big question mark that I don't think right now there's an answer for because I feel very, I feel really comfortable saying I think Tyler Smith's going to be better in the running game than Connor Williams. I don't know what's going to happen at left tackle because I, I would bet money that he's not going to play 17 games. And if that's going to be the case, who's the guy? Who's the guy that's going to be out there at left Josh. tackle? Who's going to be protecting? <laughs> who's going to be protecting your quarterback? Who's going to be the guy that's going to be able to make things work? And let, like that, that's the part to me that I just don't know that there's a great answer for. And I'm that's where I, I think most of their success offensively is going to come down to those two spots and what happens at those two spots. Ty and Secchi. 
Go get him. Call him in August and say, hey, we need you after all. Mm. I don't. That's I, I don't know. I'm, God, I'm, that, how bad is that? Dude? I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm I'm kidding. But it's you know the best jokes are born out of some kernel of truth. You always say. Hope. Honestly, I'm betting on Let's Go. I'm just hoping and praying that guy can play. Some. Okay. I'm hoping. You, <laughs> like that's all it is. It's a hope. He has that's the all you size, can do is hope. but then you see him. I mean, I don't know if you guys talked about it last week, but it's like. He's literally one of the biggest guys on there. Yeah. Is it, okay, cool. But you know, the, in big guys, sometimes they just look kind of like sloppy. Lumbering. and like. Yeah. <laughs> so he, I mean, at practice last week, that's one of the things that I noticed is he's just a little wobbly. I don't know? know who was on <laughs> the schedule. Top heavy. Like. <laughs> I don't know who was on the schedule for North Dakota. Yeah. But I, I there's no tank. Tank Lawrence is probably on the other side of the of the line, and I mean, but he's gonna he's gonna face some of that, a see, lot of that. Did you see what the Buccaneers did yesterday? Yeah, I did, and that that was I, I thought of you immediately, Dave, because you always those are the kinds of moves you're like, it, it's just it's a share. Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks uh, goes one to of the, the Bucks. better one of the yeah. better big body D. He, he doesn't stay healthy league. all the time, but when he's healthy. Him and Vita Vea, like that's that. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. I don't know how you're going to handle those two in the middle of that defense. Well, you don't you don't mess with them. You you run to the outside <laughs> fifty five times yeah. like they did. And, yeah. You know. Week one when the Cowboys play them, when you would suspect both of them are going to be healthy, that's going to be a, that's going to be tough. Sledding. I mean, you know, every every player has got got a little, and they have they got some ego to them. We haven't seen a lot out of that out of Zach Martin, other than one time this last year he was like, I, I'm I'm a right guard. That's what I am. Yeah. And, and have no desire. To I just different. wonder. I just wonder if, if when in the, the game plan is we're not even going to mess with these guys in the middle. If he's just like, dude, let me block the guy. Okay. I mean, I, I know in Dominican soon he stomped his way around for ten or twelve years, but I can block him. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he did it once. But yeah, I was going to say that. That's well. Okay. Good. He was. A, he's been a really good player. He's a really he's good. Really player, good. Yeah. He he wrecked that playoff game. Next to Aaron Donald, he was the one that was yeah. given problems. But I just think that I, I've said it before. I think I think they would have had a different game plan if Zach was in there. I don't think they go away from the middle. Speaking of what he did in that playoff game, would would that be the kind of move? Like, would you have the same kind of reaction that you had about Hicks? Would you have that same kind of reaction if the Cowboys were to go out and get Indomitian Sue? So he's, he's still, still sitting. I think he's still sitting out there as a free agent, isn't he? Yeah, I, I don't think I, he signed. I would be very excited if the Cowboys signed a great player at an affordable price. What's not to love about that? Yes, I'm, I'm wondering. I, I, you made me think it now, but I, I thought I thought I saw that he was still a free agent. Yeah, he's still he's still available. Yeah. Which and I'm, I mean, Akeem Hicks just took his spot in the Bucks lineup. Yeah. So how about? I mean, we we've heard <laughs> whispers about. Heard whispers about the name Anthony Barr. Like, yeah. there are still things they could do that yeah. would make me happy. Yes, if Akeem Hicks was on this team, <laughs> I'd be like, that was a pretty good call. No, absolutely. Yeah, good absolutely call. Him. Yeah. You still, um, it's June 1st, by the way. So that Lyle money just hit the bank account, right? We right. rich. Yeah. Go do something with it, somebody. Let's do it. It's not too late. You got time to upgrade this roster before <laughs> the games start. I'm All right. Worry about the future, not, mm, not this season. There's Next only so year. much pie. Yeah, I've been told that yeah. before. I'm, I'm, Dak, I'm ahead. Dak is supposed to make. <laughs> Dak is counting forty million a year, and he has not counted close to forty million a year no. yet. So at some point, he's coming. He's going to more than that. <laughs> that. I mean, it has to even out. What you're saying is true, but that doesn't mean Indama Kansu wouldn't want to play a year here for $6 million, or I don't know how much it would cost to get him, but 
I, they, there, there's ways they could improve this team if they really wanted to. That's all I'm saying. Let's go. Right. Let's do it then. Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next week, or these guys will be back next week. I will not be here, but you three will be Starting back. Starting that vacay and, early? No, I got to go out and talk to the NFL. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Our okay. NFL meetings. So, um, NFL? Yeah. Got to go Derek. knock on the door. I'm just going to walk <laughs> right up. Let's have a seat and have some talks. So uh, I'll be gone. You guys will be here. We'll talk about the OTAs. And then the final week of our shows will happen the week following that when uh, mini camps are happening. We'll have lots of content that week. There will be uh, interviews, players, coaches, all that kind of stuff. So make sure you check us out the next couple weeks. For Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!